video games were made to be played. Don't play yours? We know some people who will. We are Get Well Gamers, a charity who take your unwanted video games and consoles to give to children's hospitals and wards across the UK. Donating is super easy. Just head over to our website, getwellgamers.org.uk, to fill out our online donation form. You've played the hero, now be the hero. Welcome to episode 118 of the Pure Dead Gaming Podcast. Insert 118 song. It's Craig and Jess here with you this week because Andy has had a better offer. Rude. Yep. So he is not here. But we will, as always, deliver the goods. The goods being the latest news in the video game industry, which we will share and react to. And we'll also let you know what games are due for release and what we have been playing. As always, you can head over to puredeadgaming.com for our latest written reviews, including WWE 2K23 and Diablo for hands-on preview. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes if you like what you hear. And also, just a little shout out for Play Expo Glasgow, Scotland's favourite gaming expo, which will be at Brayhead on the 17th and 18th of June. If you have not yet got your hands on a ticket, you can do so at www.playexpoglasgow.com. We hope to see lots of you there. We do, because we will be in attendance. We will. Are we press? Yes, that is evidently our title, yes. We are press. There you go. We will come down to converse with the commoners <laughs> at certain stages, though. I, I presume we have a podium? No, we do not. No. Can we arrange one? I would like that. I would like that. What the fuck is the 118 song? I mean, I'll play it so people will have heard it by now because I'll insert it. I will have inserted it. Right. Okay. It was like a mobile number, or not a mobile number, a phone number. You dialed 118118. Oh, right, okay. Can't remember what it's actually for. Ah, the, the two. <laughs> <laughs> the, the two pedo looking guys yeah. with the statues. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's going to bug me now. What's that actually for? For some reason, when I'm thinking about it, what's coming up is auto glass repair, auto glass replace. Um, it seems to be some sort of money solution. What? <laughs> What was the point of 118? 118 is primarily seen as a directory inquiry service. Yeah, it was like when the phone book went away. Oh, the good old... Do you know I delivered the yellow pages once? Well, my my dad did. I don't know how much you got, you got paid for it, but I'm sure he got approached to be like, do you want to deliver these around your neighbourhood? And my dad always gave him for some extra money. He was like, yeah, sure. And then we helped go and deliver them all around our streets. That'd be a back-breaking experience because that was a heavy book. That was a weapon. Interesting. I'm trying to think what we utilised to... Do, did we have a trolley? I can't remember. You'd need something like some sort of flatbed. I think we might have had something like that. You'd need a flatbed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did do that one time. Cool. <laughs> cool. Okay. 
but now we're now we're in a you know much better environmentally friendly place where we have these things online. You don't need all the paper and all the books. I miss the old times, though. Not well, that not that I was of an age that I ever really had to use the phone book for serious reasons. Like I can remember when I was wee, like getting the phone book and like going through it for stupid names and then mm-hmm. phoning the people up to laugh down the phone. Mm-hmm. Like prank calls and stuff like that, but I don't think I ever used it to make a serious phone call. I think back at the, back when I was like six or seven or something, my mum was still in the phone book. Like, you know, you could make yourself, you could get yourself so you weren't in it. Extra, extra. Uh, yes. And everyone did that because who the fuck wants folk <laughs> just been able to call you? But I remember like, looking up and going, oh, we're in the book. But yeah, I primarily used it just to like, oh, there's a stupid name. I'm definitely phoning mm. that. I'm laughing down the phone at them. We did have uh, an experience going back to older times at the weekend. We took part in Earth Hour, although not at the correct time because we didn't want our children to stay up that late. So we moved it forward an hour and we turned on... Yeah, the- what was it meant to be half eight to half nine? Yeah. I mean, see if you want people to engage in that. Try not putting it right bang smack in the middle of the night when you're going to ruin the- everybody's night. That's the point. <laughs> but... So if you're not aware, Earth Hour is a globally recognised hour where you switch everything off, basically. Um, Do the listeners of this podcast sound like people that switch stuff off? No, potentially. I mean, they listen to us. Potentially. They're pretty durable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, we we decided we would engage with this because we've done it in previous years and actually it was quite good fun. We just sat playing board games with candles, which was actually quite difficult because we could see sweet F.A. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Even though we had brought it, brought the time forward an hour, we still yeah, it was still dark. It started off okay. It got progressively harder as the hour went on. Mm. Um, and the kids were scared to go to the toilet. And you're like, here, take the candle. Like, right, okay, nineteen twenty-two. Um, <laughs> I didn't give no. I said take the lantern, which was battery operated. I didn't give my child a candle. Right, that's to the walk same about fucking with. thing. But yeah, somebody it was, tried to claim on the Discord that you were a good parent or something the other day, and I was like. I don't think so. What? Who who was sticking up for me? I actually don't think they were. They were. They I was going to say it sounds out of character. <laughs> I think it was a sarcastic comment. Yeah, that sounds more like it. I'm a fantastic parent. Mm-hmm. Right? I wasn't giving my kid a lantern to go to the toilet. Making them, forcing them into Earth Hour. But yeah, that game of Cluedo nearly went really badly awry when about 20 minutes in because we play Cluedo so infrequently that each time you do I love Cluedo but each time you do you're like right what's the rules again it's also Cluedo Junior just to clarify Aye, which is different yes like it's like oh what what is it they stole like a fucking somebody stole a bit of birthday cake aye somebody st- no it's it. a drink isn't it somebody stole a drink no they stole a birthday cake the, bit, the piece of birthday cake that's why they get crumbs under them and then you've got to find uh... out which drink that they washed it down with Dreadful man, it absolutely upsets me. When I was their age, I was it was him. it was a murder. He murdered her. He murdered her. But um, aye, so we're playing kids Cluedo, and the rules in that are slightly different as well. So we're all over the place. Kids are hyper as fuck, and we're trying to get this game on the show on the road during the Earth Hour in the dark. And about what four turns in, mm-hmm. I think it was Nathan was like, "There's nothing in the middle." <laughs> And we were like, oh my god. Because we didn't have anything in the middle for what was it. 
and what and it, like this sinking feeling that me and you had where we're like we're not starting this again <laughs> we're absolutely not starting this again but as it turns out they the kids had taken out all the bits from the previous time we had played it and so there was still bits to go in the middle but it was the same as the previous time because mm-hmm. everything had just been put away as it had been set up before and so it'd been that long that that wasn't an issue. Like, no one would have known what it was. But in this version of Cluedo, there is two uh, pieces of furniture that have nothing underneath it. And there is one person who has nothing underneath her or him. And if one of those were in the middle, the whole game was fucked. Yep. And we couldn't look to see what was under the thing in the middle. We just had to hope that there was something under it and that the game would work. And so we rolled the dice, quite literally, and just kept going, (laughs) hoping against hope that it would all work out in the end. And it did. It did. We showed some faith. Erin won, which was embarrassing. But um, but yeah, it was actually all right. eh? I do love a game of Cluedo. Yeah, it was good. You used to have a game on PC as well when you could play against the computer. That was quite fun. So that's quite a cool game as well. It was like all animated and stuff like that. Might download that again. There's probably a mobile version of it. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, I need to fucking practice. I can beat a six-year-old. You did. Yep. But yeah. Yeah, that was good. Um, I also had a bit of a, an incident on Saturday. Yeah, Not you a- thought someone had stole your piece of cake. That is what, is hap- <laughs> that's what happened. We were it's- all getting accused. <laughs> It's so weird that that happened on the day we played Cluedo. I never even put that together yeah. until now. Yeah. Oh, God. I went to Tesco and bought us some shortbread. It's so... It fucking is Cluedo in real life, isn't it? <laughs> or kids Cluedo in real life. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And so this pack of shortbread, it's like... I don't know. It's like shortbread infused with chocolate and stuff like that. It's not just like a... We stick a it's shortbread. It's a bland bit of shortbread. No, it's, it's a, an extra aye, bit of oh, shortbread. <laughs> this is a exquisite bit of shortbread. And uh, at four bits. So slabs, I would say. Mm-hmm. I'd call them slabs. And one for each of us. Mm-hmm. And so everyone else said that there's... In my head, I sat mine on a plate and then I came through to the living room and I was like, where have I put that? Went back through to the kitchen. No. Nah couldn't find it and I'm like what have I done is one of them stole it through to the conservatory one of you's taking that bit of shortbread no and then say that anyway to be fair so I'm thinking right if the two of pied it what's going on <laughs> and then I was like my head was that far up my ass. I was like I had been cleaning up after making everyone lunch have I flung it in the bin yeah you seem pretty convinced that you'd put it in the bin it's like something I would do because I was just quickly trying to tidy up and so eventually I was just like Fuck's it, right, fine. And there was a plate sat on the worktop as if it could have been there. Yeah. And was subsequently gone. But. Yeah, that was what, it seemed like that was what had happened. So eventually I gave up the chase mm-hmm. and just went back to playing dredge. And it was about four hours later, I think it was when I was starting to make dinner, mm-hmm. I opened the cupboard to the plates and inside the cupboard, still in the pile of plates, was this bit <laughs> of shortbread just sitting on top. I'm like, I, I definitely had it out. 
So I think I've somehow picked up the plate and put it back. Yeah, you you must have done. And whether you just didn't see the bit of shortbread on it and thought you were tidying up the plate. Or I think I'm that's what sure. I've done. Because yeah. like, no way, it, under any circumstances, did I open the cupboard door and put a bit of shortbread on a plate still in the pile of plates. Yeah, go and see now, Craig, that's that. It feels like it. Approaching 40, it's what's going to happen from now on in. It does definitely feel like it. I feel like I'm ageing at a, a rapid rate. It's all this working too hard. <laughs> Work hard, game hard. Yeah, I know, I know how. It's, I know how it feels. Oh, I mean, you're obviously in the midst of it, 24-7-365. Yep. Yep. Fucking Office 365 over there. But yeah, I don't think we've got too much else this week, have we? Nope. Spent most of our time gaming, which is handy, because we do a podcast on it. Yes, it is. Indeed. Oh, actually, no, sorry, we did, we've watched some stuff. Yes, well, obviously, since The Last of Us, I have been craving more Pedro Pascal, and I thought, what else has he been in that I don't know about? Yeah, for anyone, for anyone that doesn't know, every Sunday we've got a sort of standing tradition where friends come over, we watch a film, and we order food. And we usually choose like a film. If there's something new out, we'll watch that. If not, hit a classic. Mm-hmm. Neither was available this week. We, we, we couldn't think of anything. And so Jess pipes up. Well, I've been looking through Pedro's uh, IMDb. Not you never even said Pedro Pascal first name basis. Now, I've been looking through Pedro's IMDb. Continue. Yeah. yeah. So we watched the unbearable weight of massive talent. Now the film is primarily about Nick Cage, but Pedro is truly what made the film so great. He was the star of the show. He was. It's, yeah. It was. Yeah. He was. Yeah. I'd heard of this film when it first came out. So it was, what, 2021, 2020, something like that? Yeah. A couple of years anyway. Um, I remember hearing about it at the time. And I don't know, Nicolas Cage hasn't made a lot. I like the guy. I like, like The Rock is one of my favourite films ever. I love Con Air. Like, loads of good films. But in recent years, not so much. Mm, not yeah. A lot of DVD releases. A lot of what the fuck is that? Um, and so I heard he was playing himself and I was like but then you wanted to watch it for Pedro and to be fair I was like oh if he's in it maybe it's alright the rating was not bad stuck it on really enjoyed it I thought it was I thought it was really good yeah so I can see he plays himself and he goes over to sort of visit with Pedro Pascal who's a massive fan um, I think it's for a birthday party or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then it sort of spirals. Sorry, spirals from yes. there. But it's, I'd say it's well worth a watch. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Uh, we also watched the new Jason Statham film, Operation Fortune, which had the girl from Parks and Rec in it, Aubrey Plaza. So it was her, Jason Statham. They were the sort of double act and then again stealing the show, not meant to be the main character, I thought was Hugh Grant. Mm. He plays the sort of villain, the main villain, and I thought he was fucking brilliant. Like the whole, every time he was on screen he he stole the show. Yeah. Like it, it was quite strange watching because we watched those back to back nights and like each time, like it was almost like this secondary character I thought stole it. And um yeah, that was quite good as well, actually. Yeah, sort of average movie fair, but like action movie, but I thought it was pretty good. Pretty good. 
And yeah, so um, following last week's show, we got a write-in asking us, what does the team think about the bad company games being removed from digital storefronts? I know you had it in last week's quick news at the end, but I was so disappointed to hear that we'd be losing digital access to these awesome single-player campaigns. Fair enough, shutting down the online, but don't delete the game. Yeah, so after we recorded last week, they did do a U-turn and said they won't be taking Mirror's Edge offline which makes sense because it wasn't really an online game. It was mostly single player. I think that it did have like, I mean, it certainly had leaderboards, but I think there was a slight online element to it. But aye, it, it was pretty much leaderboards and it's an offline game. So there was no point in taking that down. Yeah, we never really commented on it that much just because at that point the news had been running pretty late. Mm. But I, I hate when they do shit like this. Like, don't be wrong, I get the argument you can still buy the disc. So it's not like it's been banished from absolute existence, but still, like, I think the argument for taking it offline is, so Battlefield, like, say, Bad Company, Bad Company 2, they had single-player campaigns, but it's like Call of Duty, they were quite online-focused. And so their idea is take it offline because a large section of the game will no longer be playable because they're going to take the multiplayer offline. But why not just put a disclaimer in been like if you're buying this game now you're buying it for the single player like i mean people should be smart enough to realize that a game that came out in fucking 2008 is not going to have online multiplayer anymore but i don't know i i I don't really agree with taking them offline it's not i I think people should have the option to buy it yeah like what's the I don't know, negative and like, what harm is it going to cause leaving it? I mean, potentially, I suppose people buying it, thinking they can, they're getting a certain product and they're not. Mm. But put a disclaimer in, like, yeah. when you go to buy it, have a thing that pops up and says, by the way, the, off- the online on this no longer works. Obviously. And it's priced accordingly. Like, I discount it or something. I mean, the only thing I would say is, and this wouldn't surprise me, is, yeah, they're taking these off just now, but so the two most recent Battlefield games have not been received well, especially the most recent one, and so the Battlefield franchise could really do a win, and the bad com- the their bad company sort of spin-off, so a wee while back in like the, I think it was 2008 and 2010 maybe, they released bad com- Battlefield Bad Company 1 and Bad Company 2, and then they moved on to like, other battlefield games Mm -hmm. but those two games in particular were like really highly rated everyone fucking loved them maybe they'll remaster the campaigns and bring them out as like a a battlefield bad company package or something like that yeah you could see that and then that would make sense Mm -hmm. if they took if they were taking it offline and then they were like but here's a double pack with both games and also we're making bad company three like that would be a way to instantly get folk going, fucking yes, but folk would be excited about Battlefield again. So best case scenario, that's the reason. Mm. But it could just be that it's easier for them. And that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Okay, let's look ahead to this week's biggest releases. So first up, we have on March 28th, The Last of Us Part 1 on Steam. So I'm sure you've heard of of The Last of Us by now. Never. But it's now going to be on Steam. Is it Pedro's face or is it Troy Baker? Mm. Still Troy. 
Probably Troy. They will at some point release a remake remake with Bella Ramsey and Pedro the way. They'll just superimpose their faces on and I've, sell it again. I've seen footage of modders doing it. So, <laughs> of course they have, I. So, now yeah. that it's in PC as well, yeah. especially. Interestingly, I mean, it's very early. The game came out the day we're recording this on PC, but the reviews on Steam are mixed. It, says, it said it was like 730 reviews or something like that. And like, depending on if you give it a thumbs up, thumbs down, you've got like, I'm not sure what all the sort of categories are but there's overwhelmingly positive really positive positive mixed and then there's some negative ones and it's sitting at mixed Mm. which i would not expect at all like it's obviously one of the most beloved games ever like at first i thought i bet that's just folk been fucking dicks trying to like sabotage it but then i looked at the other playstation releases on steam and they're like God of War, overwhelmingly positive. Horizon, overwhelmingly positive. So it's not like a or Xbox fans, or, or it's, well, it's not likely that it's Xbox fans just like bombing it. So I don't know if that port has maybe some issues. I was ta- on the Discord and Couchy was saying that um, that there have been some reports of like crashes, game crashes and stuff like that. So I'm not sure, but um, yeah, maybe one to have a look and see what folk are saying before you make a purchase. Yes, so there's also MLB The Show on PlayStation, Xbox and Switch. This is the latest entry in Sony's critically acclaimed baseball series by developer San Diego Studio and it's just popped up on the fantasy critic bot that the score has gone down from 82.5 to 81.1 on Metacritic. That's still fucking higher than I got for the last year. (laughs) I was raging about that because I had like that. those games are really good if you like baseball and they always score kind of like 83, 84, something like that. And I, I got it thinking that's, right. that's fucking yeah. easy points, that. Mm-hmm. And about a week later, it got announced for the Switch. And I was like, oh my God, no. And sure enough, like I still get points, but it was like 76 overall or something like that. And every fucking one that dragged it down was like a bit of a bare bones uh, port on the Switch. And I think like, you motherfucker, <laughs> you absolute fucker. But it seems like perhaps with a year extra to the work blend. on it, aye, they've, the they've managed to make a better Switch version this time. Always think about trying that game. It's meant to be really good and hilariously it's on Game Pass despite being made by Sony um, for the second year in a row. So, yeah, maybe check it out at some point. Yeah, and also on March 28th, we have Crime Boss Rocky City on Epic Store. So this is the sort of organised crime game combining first-person shooter action and Turf Wars playable solo or with friends and from the maker of Payday Games. Which, to be honest... It's not that I'd forgotten about it, but I was like... It's that they were trying to make you forget about it. (laughs) Wait, this is is coming out? Like, now? Where's the marketing behind it? Now, granted, it is only on Epic, Mm -hmm. so maybe that's why I've not really seen it elsewhere, obviously. It's possible there has been a pop-up on the Epic store. Yeah, which I don't don't frequent that very often. Yeah, but that is not exactly marketing. No. They've Um, been quiet. They have been quiet, and... With good reason. Yeah, so <laughs> currently the score on Metacritic is 48. Yeah, and I found out today, I don't know why, but it turns out Donnie, Afterlife co-host Donnie, took it in the fantasy draft. Uh. 
Which is bizarre because I remember after, I think it was the Game Awards that was announced and he was on the recap show for that. And we had both said, that trailer looked pretty cool. Like, they never showed gameplay. The gameplay was obviously the fucking red heron. But the actual setting, I was like, oh, that's quite cool. And he shat all over it. Like, he was like, this looks absolutely terrible. But somehow, he says he got pissed and been bit on it and took it. So, I just... Apparently what happened was he'd finished a bottle of vodka, finished a full session of Walker Texas Ranger and just thought, this is a good idea. I'm going to bid in this game. And it has backfired spectacularly as he's currently losing 22 points on this this outing. I mean, I think at the time we looked at the score, there was like five reviews, so... The one thing that could save him is that it currently doesn't have an open critic page. (laughs) It will at some point, though. And it's still got the Xbox and PlayStation release to come. And are they set to come this year? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's interesting. So yeah, did you have a look at some of the reviews and what the sort of negative feedback on the game was? I skimmed it. Like, there's, there, like as you say, there wasn't many reviews. One of them was from a website called The Gamer, which I struggle to read because they put political issues in every fucking review they do. And it drives me mental they look for shit right and i just i don't trust them at all and so i had i skimmed that i skimmed another one and both of them interestingly after topics we've had in recent uh weeks said about the dialogue and mm-hmm. said the, the gamer at one point said that the game was they believed the game to be racist or I don't know if they, they believed the whole game to be, but they said they used the, the word saying like it, it was partly racist or something like that. And I think they, like I say, I skimmed it, so I don't want to take them out of context here. But they did mention to do with the dialogue, and I'm like, again, haven't played the game, haven't seen anything of it because they've not fucking shown anything of it. So they could be completely right, but just looking at it briefly, I'm thinking it's set in the eighties. If they have tried to be true to the true to the time period, there would be a lot. With, I mean, I very much doubt there's anything overtly racist said in this game. Mm-hmm. But if they are going for a tone of the eighties, there is plenty of stuff in the eighties that was completely fine and was fine in the nineties and was fine in the two thousands. Well, that it is wasn't not, fine, but it wasn't that is not fine now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, I don't know. Like, I have no idea what's in the game. Maybe it is massively racist. But, yeah, certainly both reviews I saw were knocking the dialogue. And I was like, oh, there we go. Interesting. I'd thought that Dying Light 2, sorry, Dead Island 2, I always got that wrong. Dead Island 2 would be the next game to get slaughtered for its dialogue. But it looks like it's happening to Rocky City as well. Yeah, I mean, despite the yeah the the cast that they've sort of pulled together for it as well, you would think the. I mean, it maybe maybe it's yeah if it's more the dialogue rather than the voice acting itself that's the issue. Then hmm. yeah. I mean, in fairness, I don't know that he is, but Chuck Norris does look like a massive racist. <laughs> okay, I'm going to move on from that now. Um, <laughs> Come at me, Chuck. March 29th, you've got Pirates Outlaws on Xbox, Switch and PlayStation. It's already out on PC and this is a roguelike card game in which you navigate dangerous seas and 
challenge their masters. Your expedition will be full of ambushes and will not be easy. And you can build your deck and combos to become a reputed pirate. Not my type of thing generally, but I was looking at the games that were coming out this week and I always sort of fire it into YouTube, check a trailer. And I don't know, it kind of caught me this one a wee bit. I thought it looked all right. Not into deck building card games, but it looked quite good. And then I went to Steam, so it was already out. The reviews are very positive. So if it is your type of thing, then maybe worth a look. Um, we're also getting Forza Horizon 5 Rally Adventure on Xbox so this is the 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 latest expansion yeah this looks good, very good it's it's like a separate, not an island I don't think but a separate area Uh, Rally Adventure supposed to be the biggest expansion they've ever done I think we'll definitely check this out, it looks cool and is this a paid expansion? Yes, so it will not be free for Game Pass uh, subscribers. It's if you bought the Ultimate Edition of Forza. So what Xbox have started doing, quite cleverly, I might add, is when the likes of Forza Horizon 5 comes out, you get the base game on Game Pass. But if you buy the Ultimate Edition, you get it three days early and you get any expansions that come out. Mm. Um but it was a hundred pound, but a lot of people did it. There was over a million people playing Forza before launch, so a lot of people were like, "I know I can play it for free in three days, but I'm going to want the expansion and I want to play it early." And they paid that money. Um, we reviewed the game, and it was the ultimate edition we were sent, so we will have access to it through that. But yeah, if you if you don't and you just played it through Game Pass, you would need to buy it. I think it's like twenty or thirty pound, but it seems like it would be well worth it. Mm. Yep, okay, and then we've also got Lunark on PlayStation, Xbox, Switch and PC. So this is a pixel art sci-fi adventure set in the midst of a rebellion against a totalitarian regime. Um, it's kind of modern take on the 2D cinematic platformer of the 90s. Of the 90s. Run, jump, hang, climb, roll and shoot your way through the gorgeous and mysterious locations. This looks cool. Hmm. It's very old school pixel art. Yeah. It reminded me graphically of the Dark Side Detective, okay, which yeah. I waxed lyrical about yeah. how they could make a plant look like a plant with six pixels. I recall. Yep. Uh, so looks kind of similar to that. It's It looks really cool. I think it's one guy that's made it, and I'm definitely checking this out when it comes out. It looks really fun. Hoping it's not too difficult. We also have Dredge for fully released on March 30th. I'll let you talk about this one, Craig. Yeah, I may as well just um, talk about this one now. I spoke about it briefly last week. I fucking love this game so much. Mm. I love this game. So, like I say, spoke about it briefly last week, but at the time... So we got a code through very early, earlier than usual. Like it was more than two weeks from launch. And I played a bit of it, played a couple of hours, was instantly drawn in by it, really, really enjoyed it. But I did put it down after the first night and be like, right, I have stuff that's more pressing. The embargo's ages away. I'll get back to it. It's very disciplined. 
And so <laughs> when I spoke about it last week, again, I played a couple hours and was planning to go back to it. I think I'd maybe played three or four hours. So since last week, I have put another, I think, 32 hours into it. Oh my God. In the last week. Utterly addictive. Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. It was roughly 3am when I went to bed. It's so Moorish. Yeah, you you likened it, I think, when you were speaking to me, like to kind of Animal Crossing type, like you just want to keep going. Like, Yeah, it, it doesn't have the sort of, I don't know, because you are doing the same thing over and over again to an extent. You're fishing. Yeah, <laughs> but it is more than that. So a few people in the Discord had said like the, like when I'd said how long I'd played it for, they were like, oh, that kind of puts me off a little bit. They were hoping it was a shorter experience. It can be. Okay. I'm trying 100% the game. Of course you are. And I'm trying 100% the game before it comes out so there's no guides. Mm. Like once there's a guide, I'm pretty sure you could 1,000G your platinum this in 10 hours. But like you have to catch certain types. You have to catch every type of fish. You have to collect enough certain type of treasures and stuff like that and I don't know whereabouts to go to get them. Whereas when there's a guide, you will know where to go and you'll just get them mm-hmm. if you want. So it's not necessarily that long a game, but fuck me, it's addictive. It's got So you start off and you come to this island and you owe a debt to the mayor and he says, Don't worry, here's a boat you can f- go and fish and we'll take a small cut of the fish that you bring in to pay- repay your debt. So that's what you do. You go out, you do a bit of fish and you come back, you sell your stuff to this really creepy fishmonger and you pay off your debt pretty quickly. From there, you can see the map. You can see that it's a decent size. It's not overwhelmingly big, but the thing is, every time you're moving in the boat, time passes. If at any point you stop, time stops so you can stop and check your map check your inventory spend time doing whatever you want without wasting time but when you are moving time moves pretty quickly like you will get through a day in five minutes at less than five minutes Uh, time moves even faster when you're fishing so there's a real risk and reward and there's that constant feeling of wanting to explore. So you head out and you're like, right, okay, I'm going to head out a wee bit in this direction today, see what I can get to. And so you start to head out and inevitably you're like, oh, there's something moving in the water. Oh, I want to try and get that. But getting that makes about two hours pass. And so you get the fish, but all of a sudden the time's jumped quite a bit. And there's so many times where you see something moving in the water and you're you've just got that bit in your brain where you need to go and get it, but you're looking because as soon as it gets dark, you can barely see what's in the water. You can upgrade your lights, but certainly at first you can see almost nothing. And as it gets dark, you've got like a fear meter that starts to build up. And the more it builds up, you start to see like monsters' eyes in the water and things can appear out of nowhere and attack you. If you take any damage it damages your boat so when you go back you then have to fix it which costs money okay. um and do you lose what you've potentially caught sometimes as well? so mm. 
the inventory system's a bit like Resident Evil, where it's like squares. Mm. You've got a certain amount of squares. You you catch a fish, or that fish is like an L shaped with three squares. So you're move, you're turning it around and trying to slot it in, slot as much stuff in as you can until your inventory's full, and then you've got to take it back and get the money for it. Um, as you start to upgrade, you can upgrade your boat to make your boat faster, so you can go further out. And you've also got this sort of thing where like. There was so many times, especially earlier on, where I was out in the water and there was maybe an island. I was sort of halfway between an island I'd been at and an island I'd never been to. And I'm like, do I want to go and try and see what's there? But the worry is I might not have time to get back. And you don't know if there's a port there where you can stop for the night. And it's not even just that. Like, if you keep the fish in your inventory too long, they rot. So only and only certain ports have fishmongers that you can sell the stuff. So uh, there's a total risk and reward to it. I would liken it, a few people said this on uh, Twitter, but I'd liken it to almost like a dying light style day-night cycle. Like during the day, there is dangers and you can crash your boat quite easily if you're not careful. But at night, it gets there's better fish, but at the same point, there is like a lot more danger. Um, there's certain fish you, you get an encyclopedia there's certain fish that only come out at night they only appear in certain areas and so you have to go around and, and try and collect them all there's lots of side stuff so you'll go to like certain uh, an island and they'll be like for example there's a guy at a port and he's really upset because his son died in the water years ago right it's taking a turn oh it's quite dark <laughs> the game and he's like ah, I just I, I can't move on I can't move on if I just had one thing of his I would be able to move on and so you find out roughly whereabouts it was that your ship crashed and you can go there and you can start fishing. Um, because you fish for fish, but you can also dredge, which I have found out is um, sort of searching for materials. And it's a different mini game for the fish than it is for the materials. Okay. And so you can get like metal, wood, which again upgrades your ship, but also treasures. And so there's it's like different stuff each time but you find this belt buckle you take it back to him that completes that side quest and there's lots of things like that as well um i'm maybe not selling it that well it's fucking excellent it's so addictive to the point where once i 100 percent it i will buy it on playstation and do it again i don't want to be done with it it's so good okay so that's craig's recommendation yep yeah, we, have- we, we don't do a pick of the week anymore. That's the fucking pick of the week. Okay. <laughs> um, we have one last game as well to speak about that comes out March 30th too, which is The Last Worker, and that's on Xbox, Switch, PC, PlayStation, and PSVR 2. Um, so this is an immersive narrative adventure centred around a lone worker's last stand in an increasingly automated world. Um, Kurt works for the largest retailer, and is forced to choose between capitalism and activism. So, um, this is cool. Yeah. I saw, I'd never heard of this, saw a trailer of it, and it looks genuinely funny. Like, there is, so yeah, you're playing as this guy, Kurt, and he's got this, um, sort of robot companion, it seems like, but the companion is an absolute dick to him. And it just seems really funny, mm-hmm. really funny. It looks it looks like a really good game. And the fact it's available on PSVR two as well. You can play it normally or you can play it in VR. But it it looks really, really good. Really good. Um I didn't mention it, but there's also two other big releases this week. Um they're technically not new, but 
games that were previously exclusive to one of the two big console, the two big home consoles, uh, are now switching over. So Sifu, which was previously on PlayStation, is coming to Xbox. Uh, we've been playing an early build of that as well. They've also added a new arenas mode, which is fucking awesome. Um, so you're getting the base game, all the upgrades up until now, but also this arenas mode, which is free on PlayStation as of today as well. But um, they add so much new content, loads of challenges. When you go into it, there's like dossiers. Um, there's nine available at launch today. Uh, each inside each one of those, there's five separate challenges where you've got to go through like waves of enemies, or you've got to like take over certain areas. Um, and then there's another six that say they're coming soon. So uh, in the press release, it says it's another ten hours worth of gameplay, and it's totally free as an add-on. And Citizen Sleeper, which was only on Xbox, and was I think it was Deadbeat Punk's game of the year, and. A lot of people absolutely loved it. That's now coming to PlayStation this week. So they're doing swapsies. 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 Yeah. But neither are joining a service. No. You will have to pay for both. Yeah. And that, to me, could be a real issue. Like, I do think there is... I think I said this before with Sifu, but I Mm -hmm. think there's a problem where... I think on Xbox, especially, to be fair, they'll look at it and go, that game's been out a year. If it comes to Game Pass, I'll play it. Yeah. And it's a shame because it's fucking brilliant. And with Citizen Sleeper as well, like it's everyone's held it's good, but it's like it's not that new game. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's a game that's kind of coming out, but it's not new. And so I fear both of them might get overlooked to an extent, which they shouldn't, because by all accounts, Citizen Sleeper's amazing and I, I mean Seafood was my game of the year last year. Mm-hmm. And it might be eligible again now that the arena's mods out. <laughs> And yeah, so that's your lot for March, uh, now that we're at the end of the month. And looking ahead to May, um, Nintendo released a brand new gameplay trailer for The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom uh, this week. And during the gameplay snippet, we saw some of the changes to the world, including pieces of Hyrule that float high in the sky, or Sky Islands, I think they were called. Um, And Link can reach these through his new recall powers, which alters an object's movement or Ascend, which allows Link to pass through ceilings in a path of twisting turquoise light. Uh, mm-hmm. And another new power is Fuse, which lets Link combine two objects, like a sort of branch with a boulder, um, and then use that as like a weapon, a hammer, and the kind of example that they showed. So yeah, like it, it looks really cool, and it's, it's prompted me to purchase Zelda Breath of the Wild and give it a go, because I've never played a Zelda game. Likewise. But... I don't know, seeing some of that, like, I really want to play it, but I think what I'm looking for something else to play right now. And yeah. I think the fact that it's handheld as well, mm-hmm. I'll be obviously for the Switch. Um, but damned if I can find it for under 40 quid, despite it being a 2017 game. That's what Nintendo do. <laughs> That's what Nintendo do. I always said, like, I'm not a Zelda fan, never played a Zelda game. Breath of the Wild comes out, everyone waxes lyrical about it, says best game ever. Yeah. And I always said, if I see it for less than £40, I will pick it up. I mean, it was a, a Switch launch title. Aye. Like, it was out in the previous fucking console. In the Wii U, yeah. Like, yeah, it's mad. But um, I'll probably even just pick it up secondhand, to be honest. Like, Yeah. Um, well, we spoke earlier. Like, that's the, the good thing about buying physical with Nintendo is that you, you're basically just renting it for free. Like you buy, even if you did buy it for forty pound, like you could play it for six months and then sell it 
for £40. Because they just don't go down in value. They never hit sales and so they they retain their value. And so even if you got a couple of pounds less for it, like it's essentially just like an old blockbuster deal or something. Yeah, I suppose. Um, But yeah, I'm interested to hear what you think of that. I'll I'll look forward to giving it a shot, a wee shot as well. Yeah, so I think when PD hits at the end of this week, I might might try and pick it up. Payday, Um, that's a... You can't bring up Payday. Because that's the makers that made Rocky City. Poor Donny. <laughs> right? He's hurting enough. If you are also looking for a hot little purchase, I have a deal of the week for you. Um, I, to be honest, I struggled a wee bit looking this week, but what I did find was Gotham Knights for PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X slash S. It's down to 23.79, so it's had quite a drop this week um 63% off but obviously that's the highest price that it was so yeah um but yeah 23 quid on amazon yeah i mean there wasn't any sort of standout deals this week but i mean i played the game at launch enjoyed it um i mean i was going to say a lot of people held off and maybe could jump in now at a better price and I think that is probably true, but at the same point, the game did actually sell really well. Mm. So it's not necessarily, um, there maybe is less people that are available now for that sale than we think. But yeah, if you were on the fence, like it's, it's not a, it's not a game of the year contender or anything like that, but decent open world game. I would say 7.5 out of 10, maybe. I enjoyed it. Um, I would recommend if you do pick it up, seeing which character you like, sticking with them and just playing it as a single player game. But, um, <laughs> That'd be my two cents. That's how I enjoyed it. But uh, but yeah, no, decent deal at that price. Okay, let's turn to what we have been playing in the past week. Craig, you've already mentioned Dredge and Sifu, but what else have you played? Uh, did I mention Dredge? Yeah, it's really <laughs> really good. Do you want me just to copy and paste that and insert it again just so that you can talk about it? I mean, it I'd, I'd happily just start talking about it again. I fucking <laughs> really like it. <laughs> uh, I've also been playing Resident Evil 4 Remake. Of course. Which is another excellent game. Uh, really polished. It plays superb. It looks superb. I'm playing on PlayStation 5. Interestingly, I was watching the Digital Foundry sort of review of it and they said that the Xbox Series X version has much cleaner visuals, but the PlayStation version has a smoother frame rate. Um, and I, I mean, they know what they're talking about, so I'm sure that is the case. I think it looks really good in PlayStation 5. Um, so if that's the case, then I'd fucking like to see it in the Series X. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if it's, I don't think it's that noticeable, but the stuff they showed, they were like, look, here's PlayStation 5, and it was a little bit bloody. And then on Xbox, it was looking really sharp. Um, on their video, it looked like a noticeable difference, but I mean, I've, I've played on PlayStation, it looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, apparently on PlayStation 4, though, it fucking struggles. They did, so they have brought it to last gen, only PlayStation or not Xbox, but from all accounts, it, it's pretty ropey. So I'd maybe skip it on that, although I can't say I've tried it. Um, interestingly, like these remakes have been great. So they made a remake of two, three, and now they're doing four. Um, they've been really high quality. Three wasn't as high a quality as two, I would say, but both were still excellent, but, it's the level of love, care, and attention they've put in 
to things like this. Like, for instance, Resident Evil has always had a huge speedrunning community. Like, when you play Resident Evil 4 for the first time, you're talking, it's probably a 15-hour campaign, but then there's speedrun trophies and stuff like that would complete the game in less than three hours. And you're like, you look at the trophy and you're like, fuck, I just spent fucking 15, yeah. 16 hours. How? That's not How? even, it's not even possible. But then if you just run through it, you can actually, it's not actually that hard a trophy. Like in the previous, like in Resident Evil 2, there was a speedrun trophy. And I remember looking at it going, I think it was four hours in Resident Evil 2. And I was like, or was it, it might even have been two actually. And I was like, Jesus Christ, there's no way. There's no way. But then when I did it, I did it with like fucking 15 minutes to spare. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you can batter through it, but there's such a huge community for it. And so it was uncovered a couple of days ago that one of the first and well, the first sort of big fight scene, you enter into this part of the village and all the villagers just make a beeline for you. And so you have to sort of defend yourself, run about. You can't take them all out, but shoot. And just sort of bide your time until there's a bell that rings. And when the bell rings, all the vill- it goes to a cutscene and all the villagers just go, oh, and they all wander off into a church. And then the story progresses from there. So someone found out that when you start shooting these enemies, if you run over and you shoot the bell, it activates that cutscene early now. Mm. That never happened before. But you could, like it's little things like that. And I don't, I mean, it's just maybe a cool little thing they've done, but to me, I think they've done that with like speedrunning in mind. Yeah. And so it makes me wonder, like, have they done other stuff like that? Is there more things for people to uncover? Because, like, I mean, literally, if you type in, like, Resident Evil 2 speedrun, there's world records all over the shop, people beaten with the world record by, like, two seconds and stuff like that. There's the whole YouTube channels with hundreds of thousands of subscribers that are dedicated to trying to beat world records in Resident Evil alone. And so it's so cool that they've put stuff like that in, because, I mean, that alone saves probably five minutes, which, when you're speedrunning something, is a lot. Yeah, definitely. No, um, that's cool. So, yeah, that's cool. So far, I'm really enjoying the game. It's just, it's really good. It's the Resident Evil 4 you know and love, but better in pretty much every way. So, enjoying that. Um... And for my retro game this week, I said I was going to play a little bit of Symphony of the Night, which is one of the most revered games ever, maybe. Certainly one that gets spoke about in really high regard. I had never played it before. Um, what did this originally come out on? PlayStation 1. Okay. So it's Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Uh, you play as Alucard, who's the son of Dracula, and it starts off, you storm into the castle, you're what to take the old bugger down. But you get confronted by death, who strips you of all your powers and gets you to fuck. And then you have to roam about the castle in a Metroidvania style, getting your upgrades back, leveling up, and eventually, I presume, taking him out, taking dad out. Mm-hmm. But uh, as I said before, I'm just gonna my my sort of plan is to play the only half hour of these games, see how they hold up, and in some cases like this see what it's all about because I'd never played the game at the time so it originally came out in 1997 so it was quite near the launch of the PlayStation 1 and I don't know why I never tried this at the time but I think one of the reasons would have been like with the PlayStation 1 and the N64 coming out with the move to 3D graphics 
and that was all the rage. Like, I loved the NES, the SNES. But when the PlayStation came out, you were like, oh, this is the next leap. It was novel, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, you're like, yeah. the 3D. Oh, 3D is it. That's what everything's at, 3D. And so, I, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure I would have looked at Castlevania Symphony of the Night and been like, what is, why is this game still pixel art, mm-hmm. 2D? What the fuck? And just dismissed it. Yeah. And yeah, like, sense. looking back at it now, I'm like, ballsy move to make this like because there must have been so many people i mean don't get me wrong it's like i say it did well (laughs) it's a revered game but there must have been a lot of casual gamers at the time that were like i want the new thing this doesn't look like the new thing Mm -hmm. like i don't know i'm always intrigued by playstation one games that are like 2d pixel art because i feel like that's not what people initially picking up a PlayStation 1 would have necessarily been looking for. They would have been looking for, oh, 3D, what's what's new? What couldn't the previous consoles do? Um, well, yeah, but for a lot of people, it probably potentially was their first ever console. That's so true, that's true. They were, in some sense, none the wiser. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I say, I played half an hour of it, and I, can, I get why people hold it in high esteem. Like, although... It is, I suppose you could say, fairly basic. Like, it's really responsive. It feels good to play even now. Um, it is a beautiful pixel art style. Um, and so, yeah, I can, I can see why people would, would have enjoyed it. It's not something I would continue to play just now. I'd maybe go back to it at some point. But, yeah, I can, I can see the appeal to it, whereas I don't think I would have at the time. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, uh, it was good to go back and, like I say, it's, it's something that people talk about a lot and I never had a reference point. And so it's good to go back and just even try it out, like I say, for half an hour and get a sort of idea of what it involved. Um, I haven't chosen a game for next week yet, but I will be back with something next week as well. We shall look forward to it. And yourself? Yeah, so I wrapped the story on Chia. Which I spoke about last week. So this is the kind of young girl in search of her father who was kidnapped by the evil ruler, who, who is a. I'm going to say like a humanoid woodworm as it transpires. Is that a spoiler? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, but yeah, like obviously it's got quite kind of cartoony, colourful graphics and stuff. And so, like. I don't know, it is mostly kid-friendly and it's got that appeal, but there are some dark twists. This is what I've heard, yeah. Discord was talking about this. It can be a wee bit dark at times. Yeah. Um, But also bits where I laughed, and I'm not sure if that was intended. (laughs) Um, This is also what I've heard. Funny, but maybe not intentional. I mean, there was a a particular death. I'll need to be careful. I'm not going to spoil, but there Mm. was a death that I was like, I, I literally laughed out loud because I, I just, it, it was like, yeah. <laughs> and do you think it was intended to be funny, no? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, there's also a bit of romance in there, which was nice. But yeah, I don't, like, the the story itself, like, it, it's nothing groundbreaking. It's nothing, but you know, it, it allows you to progress through the game mm-hmm. and it ties up quite nicely at the end. And as I say, there was a few kind of, dark twists in there and a bit of humour that so yeah, it was it was enjoyable. Um and I think, you know, I, I mentioned last week as well, like the developers I think have tried to sort of 
play tribute to this new Caledonia, which the you know the the sort of area that the game's based on. And I, again, I think obviously I've never actually been there, so I have no comparison. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I got the vibe that they were going for, and like it, it was there was just some bits of it that were just were really nice. Yeah. Um. It felt like it had had a lot of care and attention. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Um, and again, I mentioned last week. I think I'm sure as well. But that this 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 ability that she has, um, soul jumping. I think for me was the kind of gameplay hook because it was it was fun to mm-hmm. do. So you have to like I don't know. There's loads of animals in the world um, and different objects, and you can become them and. You utilize that feature to kind of, you know, get from A to B quicker or to battle some of the enemies. Or, yeah. Yeah. So like it, it was cleverly done. Um, there was one <laughs> towards the end, particularly frustrating, um, bit of gameplay that you have to do. So you, again, I hope this isn't spoilery. I don't think so, but, um, you become, an eyeball. Okay. And you have to basically get from A to B, but it's like, it's the movement of a, you know, when you're like a ball rolls, obviously, and you're trying to, you just kept fucking falling off the edge. I or, hate shit like that. And oh my God, I don't know how many times I did it. Cause you've like, and then I got to one bit and then I died when thankfully it was a checkpoint. I'm like, oh, thank God for that. Cause I can't do that again. And then yeah. also I experienced my one and only game crash. And I'm like, if you have not saved oh, at God. this point and I have to do all that again. Cause I got, like I got there and I got to the cutscene, but it was like the cutscene that it crashed. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, but thankfully all was okay. But yeah. Yeah, that was a frustrating moment. So there's nothing worse. Heart in the mouth stuff yeah. has that saved. Yeah. Um I, I don't think it's necessarily hugely grindy, although maybe but like I think it was you that pointed out or you because you obviously I think it's grindy if you like trophies. Well that's what I was gonna say. Like if you it was you that pointed out um, cause you keep an eye on trophies and I don't, um, that I, I had finished the game, but I only had one trophy, <laughs> but a lot of it is like to do with everything on the map. You got to visit all the campfires. Mm-hmm. You got to visit all the points of interest, like that kind of stuff. So, yeah. um, there's probably a good few more hours in there should you wish oh, to yeah. complete that as Aye. well. So yeah, I think from what, you played, uh, not grindy, but I think if you're wanting the platinum, uh, you're gonna, ha- you're gonna be about for quite a while. I think there's somebody said that, I think it was Chris in Discord said there was over 500 collectibles. Yeah. That's a fucking lot. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, the, yeah, the map is quite big, to mm. be honest. Um, it just, I, I mean, again, I've not played it and like the whole day Saturday, you were playing that and I was playing Dredge mm. and, on my previous, my previous, on my multiple trips back and forth to the toilet, uh, or just to come through for a chat, like, I saw it being played and like, I, this is going to sound like an insult and it's not meant to at all, but I got a little bit of goat simulator vibes from it. Mm, yeah. Like from the, just, there was something to do with the way they moved. It was something to do with yeah, the movement. and like, the world as well, I would say, because there is, I, I like, a city, and I don't know, it was... Uh, yeah, I, I I would agree. I can see why you're saying that, like... Like, don't be wrong, like, it's... I mean, I, I personally found Goat Simulator 
highly amusing <laughs> and fun. But I don't know. I feel like saying it's like Goat Simulator might put someone off, and that is not the intention. Like it looks like a lovely game. Like, um, but I don't know. There's just, a, I think it's like there is. It's a wee bit ragdoll. The physics, uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely. And it just it gave me that vibe from it. Like I just, ah, uh, it was it was strange. Like I don't know. I I wonder if it. Actually, obviously, there's loads of animals. I don't know if a goat is one of them. I don't think I've came across a goat. But you, you could may well be a goat in the game. Maybe. <laughs> I was going to say if it shares an engine, but I think it's probably just made an Unreal engine. So it would, which fucking fifty percent of games are made on. But I wonder if it's some type of similar architecture or possibly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was strange. It was just like I think it was one of the animals you were, and it was just the way the legs moved or something like that, as if they just sort of brisked against the ground as you were like sort of almost bunny hopping along. And I was like, "Whoa, that looks really familiar." But yeah, you would recommend it then overall. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you've got PlayStation Plus, it is a, exactly, a yeah. free a free game for you to to play. So yeah, I mean, I, it's my kind of game to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, How many hours do you think roughly? I ten don't know. What ten did you hours, check? twelve hours. Yeah, probably something like that. But it does nails. That was good. Um, and once I finished that, I decided to give Have a Nice Death a go, which is a 2D action roguelike where you play as like a, I think you are death, basically. Yeah, you're the Grim Reaper. Yeah. Um, and all your like employees have kind of lost control and it's your mission to kind of restore order, basically, in this world. Um it has been on Steam for a while, but obviously it's now at 1.0 status, so it's came out on Switch. Um, I'd, yeah, I don't... Um, I'm probably not going to play too much further, if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. because I I just... I don't know. It's hard. It's more of a Nathan game. It's hard. Yeah. It's <laughs> more of a Nathan issue. game. Like, uh, yeah, the, there is obviously probably more to it than I have consumed at this point mm-hmm. in terms of I don't really know what I'm doing mm-hmm. and I don't think that's helping. But from what it I really under- does, yeah, from <laughs> from what I understand though, like it is quite hard and that like you have to like even because it I, I got you know there was a game that you played recently and it was what was the word for like Craig mode? Oh, that was wanted. Dead. Um, it was pussy mode, but they called it something else. Yeah, basically that. But I got, I basically got a message being saying like, mm, "Seems like you're struggling here. Do you want to put it on easy mode?" And I'm like, "Yes." So then I tried the, like I did the run again, and still I died within two seconds. So I'm like, I don't really mm. understand what I'm doing. Uh, but I think you have to like, I think you have to be quite strategic in like your weapon choices and stuff like that. And yeah. like there, you don't really have much of a defense. So you, it's like. So you're defending by attacking. And avoiding, mm-hmm. which clearly I wasn't very good at. So, right. Um, yeah. I played literally five minutes of this. I'd, I had planned to play more, but uh, work was being a, a right bastard. And, um, keeping me there longer than it should have and so I did not have time um, but I really like the art style I think it looks lovely like I don't know it's obviously not anywhere near the same type of game but because all you're playing as death and because of the type of art style it gives me Grim Fandango vibes yeah. which instantly makes it a must play in my, in my mind um, but like you 
I'm not very good at these 2D side scrolling slasher games. Like it's it's very Hollow Knight. Very Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. Like our boy, eight years old, last week completed Hollow Knight, and so I said to him, Have a shot of this, you might like it. And he does, he likes it. Mm-hmm. And he says, Yeah, very Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. Um So I think he'll continue to play it. I will for now. But if it does become brutally difficult, I will bounce yeah. because I've I've got too much to play. But so far, I, I like the humour in it as well. Yeah, it's quite like dark and morbid humour. Yeah, um, I, I like the humour. I like the art style. I like the gameplay so far, but I have not got to any part that would be remotely tough. One thing, though, that I would say, so we have it on PC and we have it on Switch. It was Switch that I played the five minutes on. And I'm still at the sort of tutorial bit where it's like, oh, here you go. You can press this button to do this. You can press this button to do that. That writing and those little icons telling you what it is to press are so small that it's really difficult to see what you're meant to press. Do you need glasses? Maybe, no. maybe you've got to an age where you need glasses, Greg. I don't know. It was when I could sort of make out that it was saying press ZR. But it was so small that I'm like, what? And it disappears pretty fast as well. So you're like, right, okay. Um, But yeah, no, I'll I'll be playing more of that. I'll report back a little bit next week. You can update next week when you've actually played it and see how you go on. Yeah, if I bounce, then we'll get the boy on to review it. Okay, that's sorted. Okay, let's move on to this week's news then. We've got quite a bit to get through, so let's just kick it off. First up, multiverse. It's going dark. Dark as fuck. Yeah, so player first games of developers behind multiverses um, posted out their future plans earlier this week and the co-founder and game director said our open beta has been an important learning opportunity for us and a stepping stone into the next phase of multiverses. He goes on to talk about some of the game's changes that they'll be making, but adds, to do this the right way, we will be closing the multiverses open beta on the 25th of June this year. As part of the process, we'll be pausing updates and taking the game offline as we prepare for the launch of multiverses, which we are targeting for early 2024. Yeah. Okay, firstly... Interesting. Firstly, did we know that this was an open beta? See, that's... I've heard quite a few people saying that. It was mentioned on Discord as well. I... People paid for this game. No, it's free. You could pay for it. I think there was like... I think it's similar to Fortnite where... Because I downloaded it for free and tried it. But you could get like a pack that was fucking twelve quid or something, like that, and you got more tokens Stuffings, or more yeah. eye stuff. People have spent money on it, yeah. certainly. I didn't, um, but yeah, you could. I we would need to go back, but we spoke about it when it launched, and I am pretty sure. I'm ninety five percent sure we spoke about how it was releasing in early access. Okay. So, I've, but I've heard a lot of people say that. So, perhaps I'm wrong, or perhaps it just wasn't made that clear. 
and the only reason that we knew is because we had to research the news at the time to fucking report yeah, it whereas why would anyone else do that yeah. but I'm pretty sure like I, I knew it was early access but I'm 99% sure that they had never said that it would be going offline before it came out usually something no. is early yeah. access and then it's out and it's seamless. Yeah. So why why do you think they're doing this then? Why are they taking it offline? I think it's fallen off a cliff. I know that. That's the thing. Like, is the this player like base, a is uh, this like a stealth cancellation or like will it come back in twenty twenty four? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, I think they can easily bury it by saying like. I don't know, there's like licensing issues with the characters or something like that. It's like, possible. And just hope that it gets quietly forgotten. It's possible. I mean, so when it first came out, a load of like, people reviewed it and stuff like that and they were like, oh, it's really good, it's really good. I, I tried it. That type of Smash Brothers type gameplay, it's just not for me. Like, I don't know, there's too much going on. It's like fucking ADHD in a game. I just <laughs> fucking can't. Um, no interest. I, I, the main, not the main reason I downloaded it. There was Scooby Doo characters mm-hmm. in it. Yep. Wasn't enough. <laughs> and so it got deleted. But people seemed to like it. And at first, I think for the first month or so, it had really high player counts. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, could this be the thing that finally, um, sort of challenges Smash Brothers? Cause Smash Brothers is only on Nintendo, whereas this was cross-play, I believe, or it was planned to be cross-play, and it was across all platforms. So, and it's recognizable characters. We're going to add more people, so it had the chance. But after the first month, it really fell off, and I've not been keeping an eye on it. But I can only assume it continued to fall off, mm. and so it would be interesting. We'll maybe look into it for next week to see just, because you you can tell through Steam and stuff like that what the kind of player count was mm-hmm. recently. I would guess it's pretty low. And so, I mean, maybe they've taken it offline now with the best of intentions. They've went, right, players fell off. We've got a load of feedback to go through here. Let's take it offline and let's have a proper release next year. We can have a second chance at a first impression with new ideas through community feedback mm-hmm. maybe that is the intention but does it happen so I'm not sure yeah I don't know and as I say there's been a bit of backlash from people who have obviously like invested the game and purchased content um, and you know they've said that oh, like agent. well yeah like wanting their money back kind of thing but they've said like all progress and previously earned or purchased content will carry over when it comes back in 2024. In 2024. So you've paid for this, but you're not having it till next right. year. If least. the pandemic has shown us anything, <laughs> we might all be dead. <laughs> right? There's nothing to say that we've got another Christmas in us. Yeah, so, yeah, so we'll report back on that next year when it relaunches. Or doesn't. Or doesn't. We can have a funeral for it if it doesn't. Yeah, okay. Um, next up, the troubles at Ubisoft continue, maybe. First reported on Monday by a data miner was a story that Assassin's Creed Mirage may be delayed until 2024. But this, however, was followed by Tom Henderson hearing from sources that the game is still scheduled for August 2023. Um, there's set to be gameplay shown off in June, but in a statement to VGC, Ubisoft confirms it's pulling out of E3 and will instead be holding a separate Ubisoft Forward showcase on June 12th. 
Speaking of funerals, might have to have one for E3. Yeah, nobody's going to it. Aye, that is going to be the world's saddest event yeah. when it's just, oh, E3, and it's like an empty warehouse. Who the fuck? I mean, I don't think there's anybody going to it now. They're going to have to cancel it. That is D-O-A. We don't even have Jeff Keighley supposed to be doing a big event round about then as well. Mm. And it feels like he's maybe got the upper hand. Yeah. Aye, <laughs> uh, it's not looking good for them. but it um Ubisoft on some fucking state. Yeah, I mean, it's not a secret they've had their kind of fair share of issues, like um, obviously Skull and Bones got postponed yet again. Financially, there's obviously difficulties. They've cancelled several projects. Ah, They've cancelled about 12 games last year. Yeah. um, They're needing to cut their wage bill something terrible. They've got like 20,000 employees. I mean, what the fuck are they doing? Not making skull and bones, obviously. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it's. I mean, it's a kind of a weird news story because it's like on one hand, like somebody said, "Oh, it's delayed," and then yeah. So I don't know. The, the funniest, what to make of this the, one. the funniest part of that was that most of it came from Tom Henderson's Insider Gaming site. So he had was the one that had initially posted, or certainly that I saw that had posted about this data miner saying it might be delayed, but then. An hour later, he himself had quote so on his personal account had quoted the insider gaming one saying, I believe this not to be the case, it's still coming out. And I'm like, It's your fucking website, mate. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not the case, can it fucking take down your dick? Spreading rumors. Aye. Like, yeah. And then fucking he, he basically went and corrected himself. Well like, fucking hell. Uh I really hope Mirage does come out in August. Like part of me thinks the state Ubisoft's in, I maybe it probably is delayed, but this thing started off as DLC for Valhalla. Like, it can't be that big. Mm. Hopefully we get it this year, because it looks like the type of Assassin's Creed game that I want. It's more stealth-focused, more old-school. So I'm hopeful, but uh, it looks like we'll probably need to wait till June to find out. Oh, and I also said that... Uh, along the data miner it wasn't just uh, Assassin's Creed it was the crew the new crew game as well but we didn't include that because nobody cares about it (laughs) okay so during a God of War Paxi's panel over the weekend Tears real life counterpart Ben mm, Prendergast Prendergast Ben Prendergast came out with this cracker and I'll say this it isn't the last time you've seen of Tear. If this comment does hold weight, it's obviously unknown whether it alludes to DLC or another full release. I think it's probably a full release. Mm. I think. I don't know. Like, So Ragnarok was supposed to be the end of that story. It was supposed to be like a two-parter and that was the end. And there's been lots of speculation on PlayStation websites, podcasts in recent months what will the team do next? And I had always thought they're going to do God of War next. But the sort of prevailing thought from people more in the know than me uh, seemed to be, no, no, they would move on to something else and come back to God of War later. But I don't know. I just, when I'm looking at this sort of stuff, I look at trends and I look at how people have acted recently and you look at Sony and you look at Horizon Horizon 1 
does really well, so they make Horizon 2. Horizon 2 reviews really well, sells well, we think. All of a sudden, we're getting a remake of Horizon 1. We're getting a Horizon VR game. We're getting a Horizon Online game. We're getting a Horizon or fucking MMO game. We're getting a Horizon TV show. This is Sony's new model. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Well, that's what I was going to ask. Like, Do you think, I mean, is he even talking talking about a game there like could they be talking about a movie or a tv show for god of war then? well they are supposed to be making one yeah. so that is entirely possible yeah. yeah maybe it is that maybe they do move on mm-hmm. but i don't know i think sony is all in now on we're going to double down on what works mm-hmm. at the moment like back in the playstation 3 era and the playstation 4 era like these studios were given the license to go i want to make something new and it worked out so fucking well. Like, well, all we're getting was Killzone games from Guerrilla. They were good, but they weren't amazing by any means. And they let them go and make Horizon, which was a risk. It's a totally different type of game. It paid off. You look at Ghost of Tsushima. You look at, there's so many games that like came out and were like, it was something different from what the team had made before. And it really fucking worked. And I don't know that we're getting that now. Like, yeah, you're right, actually. I never even thought of that. Maybe it is something to do with like it. Because they are, there's a TV show in the works. Yeah, I think it's it Amazon. Yeah. Amazon, maybe. But I'd be stunned if their next game's not God of War related. I just think, you look at like, like Naughty Dog as well. Like, they've got the most autonomy of any of the studios. But at the same point, like, we were discussing, like, well, what's the next game going to be after Factions? for Naughty Dog, will it be Last of Us 3 or will it be something different? And a lot of people still think it'll be something different. I don't think it will be for a second. They need Last of Us 3 so that that TV show can keep going. Mm, Yeah. And I think with God of War, Ragnarok sold incredibly well. And I think even if the studio... I I don't think the studio are against making another God of War, but I think you've got Sony going, come on. Yeah, from a business model stance, like, yeah, like of course you're going to capitalise on what, what works. Going off and doing something new is a huge risk. So yeah. if they can milk it a bit more, then before people get bored and won't purchase it anymore, then yeah. It's such a double-edged sword, though. Like, it's cool. Like, I love Horizon. And so the thought of, like, more Horizon games, I'm like, yep, okay. Love Last of Us, I want. I, I was not particularly happy with how... I loved The Last of Us Part 2, but I wasn't a massive fan of the very end. Mm-hmm. And so I would like it to, in my mind, end properly. <laughs> and so I want Last of Us 3. And, I mean, I'm famously not the biggest God of War fan, but like I fully concede they are amazing games. And I know a lot of people want another God of War. And on one hand, I'm like, yeah, give us more. But then you do go... But what are we not getting? Yeah, what potential yeah. cool ideas do these studios have that are fucking potentially now 10 years away because they're having to just, I don't know, in all forms of media, like the safe option is winning mm-hmm. just now. Like remake this, make a sequel to that, bring this back because it's less of a risk. And these companies are all, especially in this climate, much less likely to take risks and it can work out well or it can work out poorly 
Okay, next up, the latest update for Sonic Frontiers has taken some of the pain out of getting the Platinum Trophy or 1000G. So upgrading speed and ring statistics with the Elder Coco was apparently a nightmare. To pop both, you had to trigger all 99 levels one by one, which was incredibly tedious and forced you to talk to the same character almost 200 times. But now you can bulk upgrade your stats, saving a ton of time. The game also recently received a PS Plus premium trial if you haven't checked out the Wii Hedgehog's latest outing. I was quite interested in this game, but obviously not enough to spend money on it. Yeah, okay. So... <laughs> A PS Plus premium trial sounds quite good. I might check that out. That sounds all right. Um, and yeah, big fan of them making tedious trophies and achievements more achievable. I like that. They should do shit like this more. Yeah, like, you have often complained about certain trophies that you're not happy with. That yeah, could maybe do with a bit of this. And it's possible. Like you, you cannot resubmit trophies. Or achievements, from what I understand. Well, actually, you can with achievements, because it has been done, but with trophies, you can't. So, if you, say, have a trophy where you've got to beat a race in one minute, and it turns out that that's so fucking difficult that only fucking three people have ever managed it, you cannot alter that trophy to then be like, ah, three minutes. Once a trophy's submitted, that is it. But what you can do is you can edit the game. So you could edit the game so that, I don't know, in this particular race, time moves at 0.5 speed or something like that. Do you know what I mean? So it was easier. You can do People don't, but you can do it. And so I've always said, like, there's certain games, like, say, in the PlayStation 3, where some of their trophies were online-related but those servers have now shut down, Mm -hmm. so you physically cannot get that Platinum Trophy anymore. And I would like to see people go back in. They don't, because they don't care enough, but go back in and be like, right, okay, um, we'll edit the game so that that requirement triggers when you press to go into the online and you get the message saying the servers are, are not online anymore. And so you would just click online, and it would tell you, sorry, the servers aren't online anymore, here, have the trophies, and they would ping. I mean, that's cheating, but okay. Well, it is, but I mean, they're <laughs> not attainable anymore. Exactly, you know, I get your point. Like, it's just, I... Yeah, I'd like to see stuff like that, but it'll, it'll not happen because people don't care enough. They don't have a level of fucking respect that I do for trophies and achievements. <laughs> okay. Blubber Team CEO PR... Oh, here we go. Piotr Bambiano. Is that how you say it? I don't know why I'm Italian, but go with that. Right, okay. Revealed in a new interview with Pat Business that, quote, Silent Hill 2 is technically ready, but, quote, that it does not mean that the game is finished, but we are close. He also went on to say, however, the issue of the release schedule lies with our partners, what the promotion will look like, and when the title debut is not directly in our hands. I love how he says uh, it's technically ready, but that doesn't mean that the game's finished. <laughs> Come on, Piotr. What's going on? Yeah, I think the game is pretty much ready. Like he says, he actually says, the game is nearly finished. Uh, makes sense, I think. I think it'll come this year. October-ish would be quite a good window maybe for it. Like People talk about 
this year being so packed that it might not be a good time to release. But you forget that a lot of the the dates we have just now are the first half of the year. Mm-hmm. Like obviously we're potentially we're going to talk about it soon Spider Man, Starfield, but those are earlier, like October, run about Halloween. I think that'd be a good time if you could get it out there and I think it would do really well. I think it'll it'll sell well at any time. It's one of the most revealed horror games ever. And it would round out one of the best years for gaming horror ever. Like, granted, they've all been remakes, but Dead Space remake, Resident Evil 4 remake, Silent Hill 2 remake, those are many people's top three horror games ever, the originals. And the remakes so far, like, Dead Space remake is an improvement on the original game. Resident Evil 4, from what I've played and by reviews, is an improvement on the original game. And so Silent Hill 2 could do the same thing. Not a given. Blooper team, bit mid. But if they can do it, then that plus a few other things. You're a horror. Yeah, it came out September 2001. So, like... The, they could try and tie it in. If they could do the same date this year, then that might work quite well. But Spooky. yeah, it's, it's out of his control, so he... Yeah. I mean, you would think it wouldn't be, but I. Uh, the worry is that it's in Konami's control, and they make pairs. Mm. Yes, also that. In the mud. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, we spoke about this briefly last week as the news broke um, as we were recording, but the release window for Spider-Man 2 appears to have been leaked by Venom voice actor Tony Todd. It's a funny name, isn't it? Tony Todd. Aye. I wonder if that's his like Real birth name. name or if it's his actor name, don't know. Mm, it could be an actor name, but you'd pick something that was less mockable. <laughs> um, yeah, so he responded to a fan's enthusiastic tweet that Spider-Man 2 can't come quick enough by writing, Looks like September, massive publicity coming in August, commercials start dropping in August, so I'm told, hold on to your dot 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 and hold breath, gonna be necessary. And then he quickly deleted the tweet likely after a bulletin from Sony PR and then sent out the following No more hints about Spider-Man 2 It was all a fever dream, blame it on jet lag Who knows, I might not even be Venom (laughs) Interestingly as well, right so we'd spoke about this briefly last week because I think, I didn't even know about it you mentioned it, you saw the tweet and be like, oh fucking voice actors giving it out and I was like, don't know, we'll need to see more about it wasn't sure if it was legit hadn't seen it, it's clearly fucking legit like the way he quickly deleted that yeah means that is fucking legit also hilarious the tweet he put back up i would be stunned if it wasn't like sony pr been like get that fucking taken down we're going to send you a text message you're going to copy the text message paste the text message into twitter and press send because the one he put back up, hashtag Spider-Man 2, hashtag Venom. You're like, all right, aye. We never did any of that in the original tweet, did you, you <laughs> fucking idiot? Um, yeah, it's baffling that somebody would... Like, the guy's not an idiot. Like, how did he think... I, I know that in the movie industry, like, they're a lot more loose-lipped with, like, oh, here's fucking phase 45 of the Marvel films. Uh, that film's coming out in January fucking 85th. Uh, 2029 but he had to know that this is not public information and maybe just maybe they don't want 
the voice actor of the villain in the game given as the fucking release window. He never gave the exact date, but the release window. They must have been fuming with him. Mm -hmm. Fuming. I think, I mean, because it was picked up so quickly and... Doesn't matter though. Yeah. All it takes is one person to screenshot it. I mean, we're talking about it now. He didn't delete it fast enough. Yeah. (laughs) It's done now. But, um... Interestingly, though, obviously they would have contacted him to be like, yeah, we need you for press in August and stuff like that, but it feels to me like the wheels are turning at Sony just now. Like, there's obviously been rumours that we could potentially get a showcase at some point. I think, I think we will. I think, I don't know, I think all this is gearing up in April, May, maybe get a showcase in a release date. I can see it coming soon. Mm. Heard it here first. Dying Light 2 is getting a huge update on April 20th. Combat will be enhanced to feel more impactful with developer Techland stating that these upgrades will be significant and will make combat even more brutal. In addition, a transmogrification system is being added, meaning you'll never need to choose style over substance and will be granted greater control of how your character looks. Yeah, so transmog is just if you... Same as... in. Uh, Hogwarts, like you get a new hat that does 15 times more damage but it's got a penis on it and you're like, I look like a fucking dick now. You can take the stats off that and put it onto a cooler hat. That sort of thing. Um, Very interesting that this comes out on April 20th when Dead Island 2 comes out the next day. So for anyone that doesn't know Techland made the original Dead Island. Instead of making Dead Island 2, they left, started up themselves, and made Dying Light, which was a much better version of Dead Island. Mm-hmm. Seemingly, they were being quite constricted. They wanted to have a lot more sort of like parkour movement in it. We're told no and went, fuck off, we'll make our own game. Went and made it. Folk loved it way more than Dead Island. And so since then, they have released a second game as well because uh, Dead Island 2 has been in development hell, getting passed around uh, developers like a fucking cheap hooker. And it's now ready to come out. does look good, to be fair, but the whole sort of selling point just now of Dead Island 2 is this flesh system, which is the way when you're doing brutal combat, there's like fucking chunks of flesh falling off and through the bone, snapping. Like, it's meant to be really visceral combat. Mm Mm-hmm. Very interesting that the team that used to make Dead Island would release an update making their combat more visceral and drop it the day before yeah. <laughs> Dead Island 2. Very interesting. As a free update, no less. And probably with a sale. Um, yeah, I don't think that's unintentional. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, so here's one for you. Cheats for Gran Turismo 4 have been uncovered nearly 20 years after the game's released. As found by Twitter user Nenkai, cheats to give you 10 million credits automatically pass all licenses, including the gold ones, and get gold in every race can be entered into the game. Caveat, though, is that you need to have passed 365 in-game days for them to activate. Not sure how long that actually takes, but yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if you can just like skip day, skip day. Mm. It's a while since I've played 
Gran Turismo 4. Almost 20 years. Um, that's fucking mental that somebody's found that all this time later. Like, you, you have to imagine, like, see the person that, like, was in, like, in charge of coding those cheats originally? They must have been sitting there, like, in 2020 going, can't believe nobody's found that shit. Yeah. It's I'm also strange they didn't just drop it. Like it's also strange that like back then, like I don't know, you'd get like guidebooks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's strange that it never appeared in one of them, unless it did, and it just maybe it was something that fell through the cracks or very, very strange. Be cool if it was something like that for Grand Turismo Seven. Mm-hmm. I want all the cars. <laughs> You'll have to earn them, Craig. The licenses were always a pure bastard in Grand Turismo as well. What a cheat to get gold. To get gold licenses. Yeah, one of April's biggest releases is sure to be the Burning Shores DLC for Horizon Forbidden West. We now have a bit more info on the release, including price and where it fits within the timeline of Horizon's world. So first up, the add-on will launch for a very generous fifteen ninety-nine. Less than many had expected. And as for where it fits, the DLC will pick up right as Forbidden West ends, meaning you'll need to have completed the main story to jump in. This is a wee bit strange. So, yeah, as far as I'm aware, and I haven't seen this completely confirmed in black and white, although maybe it has been, but yeah, so it picks up from when the Forbidden West story ends. Okay. So, and all the reports I've seen it said, so you'll have to have completed the story to play it. But I don't know if that is definitely the case. I don't know if they've actually said, we will physically not let you start this unless you've completed the story. or if Surely not. Or if it's a case of, Right, well, you can, but you're, you're going to be a bit lost. Because, I don't know, like, don't get me wrong, 15.99, good price. I was expecting 25, 30 pound, but it's a bit ballsy if they have actually turned around and said, no, nah, you cannot play this unless you've completed a game that takes 30 hours to complete. That's a fucking big ask. It's a ballsy move if that is the case. Like, if I was, personally, if I was making a DLC for Horizon Forbidden West, I would have made it standalone, so I would make it so that you didn't need the original game. I would have probably charged £20-£25, and I would have made the character Aloy, but I would have made it a slightly side story, and I made it like a 8-10 to 10 hours, because there's certain people that will be like, I don't like I've maybe not played Forbidden West or Zero Dawn because it's quite daunting having to play. I mean yourself, you haven't. And I think part of it was you were saying like it's quite daunting wanting to play having to play like a yeah. 30, 35 hour game. Yeah. Whereas if this came out and it was a standalone story and it was eight to ten hours and you could just jump in and go, oh and you maybe really like it and then you go, fucking it, I'm gonna go back and play all them. It could get new people in. Whereas if this ha- if you have to have completed the story to play it, all of a sudden your potential list of buyers is so small. It's only coming to PlayStation 5 as well, whereas the game came to PlayStation 4. But the DLC is only PlayStation 5. So it really narrows the window of potential buyers. 
Yeah, it's interesting because, like, is there, I don't know, certain abilities that you gather throughout the game that you sort of maybe perhaps need, you know, they've they've incorporated a certain... Yeah, it's entirely possible. And this is sort of what puts me off, these things. Like, I've never played the DLC for uh, Zero Dawn, despite the fact that it's one of my favourite PlayStation 4 games. And I'm not convinced. I probably will, but I'm not convinced I'm definitely going to play this either. Because... Again, if it was a standalone story and it was like starting from scratch, I would be all in a thousand percent. But even though I was starting to make my way through the PlayStation 4 version again, at this point it's months since I've picked it up. And if I have to pick up from where the story left off, it's, it's weird going back to your character that's like upgraded and you're like, oh, what upgrades did I have? Oh, what level was I? Oh, I don't remember these buttons. Oh, what am I doing? And you're going in against end level bot, like enemies in a game that you've not played for months or for some people a year. And I just, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I um, mean, it the, looks great. It looks fucking really good. The the like quote directly off the PlayStation blog um, does say like, to enter the burning shores, you must complete the main quest, and then in brackets, up to and including the final quest, Singularity. There you and, go then. Um, following the events of Singularity, she will receive a call over her focus, beginning the DLC. Well, there you go then. Uh, you have to have completed. Yeah, so there you go. If you've not done it, you've got till April. <laughs> Interestingly, like, I, I don't have my laptop to hand just now, but, like, there's ways you can check, like, through PSM profiles and stuff like that, like, the percentage of people that have completed the main story. Like, I'll maybe, I'll report back next week, I'll check, and see what percentage of people have actually completed the game, because that is the only people that, that, that can play this. Mm. One thing I find fucking hilarious, right, there's so many reviewers at big sites that review games without having fully completed them. They must have clenched asses right now. <laughs> Imagine, like, there's. I'm not going to name any, I'm not going to name and shame, but there's multiple websites that have been caught out in the past and these reviewers hide their fucking tro- their trophies and stuff like that so people can't see. But say they've played half the game, reviewed it. And then their editors come back to them and went, um, you, comp- you completed a Forbidden West, so uh, we're going to put you on Burning Shores because um, you need to have completed the game uh, to be able to access the DLC. And they're like, oh, for fuck's sake. And they're in there trying, fucking putting in shifts at night trying to get it finished so they can do it. Brilliant. Okay, we also have a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game in the works. It will be based on the graphic novel The Last Ronin, which told a darker story based on the famous Turtles and was released in 2020. The studio making the game hasn't been revealed just yet, but we know the project is still a few years off. Paramount Global's Doug Rosen likened the upcoming TMNT game to Kratos' reboot Kratos, Kratos. Kratos. Kratos is rebooted PS5 and PS4 experiences with a plot that's authentic to The Last Ronin. While you'll mainly play as a single character, the opportunity to take the reins as other turtles could be sourced from flashback sequences. It's described as an ambitious AAA game, so something fans will likely want to keep their eye on. I'd never even heard of The Last Ronin, but this sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like it's going to be a big budget. Um, 
if they're likening it to, I don't know, recent God of War games and stuff like that, like it looks like kind of third person over the shoulder, brutal combat could be really cool. Yeah. Like I, I don't have any reference for this last Ronin thing, uh, but I sounds cool. But I mean, when? Like, <laughs> I mean, for AAA games at the moment, I, I think the normal cycle is probably about five years. Yeah, and they've not even like they potentially don't even have a studio, studio yet. So yeah. I, I twenty twenty eight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who's going to be alive in 2028? Okay. We also have publisher Nacon has finally announced when the action adventure title Lord of the Rings Gollum will make its debut. Game is now set to release on May 25th this year. Gameplay will involve a mix of platforming and stealth, while the narrative seems to be a big focus. Despite not giving two fucks about Lord of the Rings, or the wee Gollum guy. We have been talking on and off about this game almost since the podcast started. The game was initially meant to come out in 2021. And so I would guess in the first even 15 episodes of this podcast, we were talking about its upcoming release. And it's just fucking hung around like a bad smell. It doesn't look good. One of the reasons it got delayed was because folk were like, fuck, is this shit? Mm, yeah, uh, it's, just, I mean, it's not going to be for us regardless. We don't. No, I mean, they, they, don't be wrong. Like, they fucking they slid in the word stealth <laughs> at one point just to try and tickle me. But it's no working. Uh, aye, I, I don't think this will be for me. Hopefully somebody likes it after its two-year uh, delay. And lastly, for our news, former Playground Game Studio head and founder Gavin Rayburn has announced the formation of a new AAA studio, Lighthouse Games. Comprising comprising a team of world-class developers, the newly formed studio is currently concocting a new IP, making for what is said to be a best-in-class in game. This is the second AAA team to form out of Playground Games this year after Mike Brown announced the formation of a new AAA studio called Maverick Games back in January. When I saw this news pop up, I was like, I knew about this. Like I saw it, it popped up a couple of days ago and I was like, how did I know this? And then I was thinking, did I get sent a press release a while back, but it was embargoed or... I fuck it, I knew about this. And I had to go and like start searching about websites and then I was like, oh no, there's two mm. people from Playground Games that have left and formed AAA Studios and are working on a best-in-class game. They both used the words best-in-class because that's what made me think it was the same thing. Mm. I mean, Playground Games are awesome. They make the Forza games really high quality. If these people can break off and make two more studios that are a similar level of quality, then fucking hell, bring it on. Don't know if they will. Don't know what kind of game it's going to be, but um, it's cool. Again, what were we talking? 2028? Yeah. It's looking like a big year, that. <laughs> anyway, for 2028. Yeah. But like Father Ted, we have to get the boxes and put them over our head and hibernate till then. But not yet, because there's lots of good games in 2023. There is, yeah. We've got a, a good schedule coming, so... Weekly. Yeah. Weekly good releases. Yeah, so make sure you tune in every week to our podcast episode to keep up to speed with everything. Fuck that. Make sure you buy Dredge. Right. 
It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's the take home from this episode. Is. Purchase Dredge. Yep, game of the year contender. <laughs> But yeah, that is all for this week's. Hope you've enjoyed listening as always and give us a little a wee likey-likey in a review if you can. We would be forever grateful. A wee looky-loo. It's not what I said. But... <laughs> Until next week, it has been an absolute pleasure. It has indeed. Goodbye. Goodbye.